0: Hi, welcome back everyone, and thank you for tuning in this week. I'm Hunter Bratton, here with my co-host Matthew Salerno, and this week we're going to be talking about the idea of being proactive versus reactive, and before we get started, I just wanted to apologize for not recording last week. We were on Easter break, and I was home for the weekend.
1: How's it going, guys? Um, looking back at last week, I'm talking about um, being open versus closed-minded, um, tried working on that over the course of the two weeks we've been gone, and uh, I actually have an example of what happened when I tried to be open-minded. So I was working in a group project, um, and it was going pretty well. We had pretty much everything figured out. Um, We just had to finish a few things up, and one of my group members who hadn't really been helpful throughout the whole process, um, suggested something, like, kind of a major change. Um, I and mean, I was very against it because it kind of didn't tie in with everything else we already had. But I decided to be open-minded and take his suggestion and go with it just because he hadn't done much. I kind of wanted him to be able to be included in the work and... It actually kind of failed miserably. Um, the project became way harder than it needed to be. And we almost weren't able to finish it because of like how vastly different his change was. And it was, it was almost impossible to make what we already had fit in with what he had. Um, so that's just one example of how, you know, sometimes being open-minded isn't always the best idea. Mm -hmm. Um, it is possible to be too open-minded.
0: Yeah, trial and error process. Exactly,
1: yeah. Um, so just be careful out there. Um, now we're gonna jump back into proactive versus reactive mindsets. That's our, uh, our theme for this week. And so one example of this um, is in sports. So in baseball, you're always taught to play the ball before it plays you. Um, in football, you have to, like, attack the person running at you. You can't just sit there, otherwise you're going to get run over. Um, and so, just like in sports, how you have to attack the ball or the man in order to not get beat, this applies to life as well. You have to attack problems before they attack you. Um, otherwise, you're going to get run over, and it's going to it's gonna beat you before you even have the chance to see it coming. And... Um, you know, one way to put this is offense is sometimes the best defense. So if, you, if you're if you proactive and you attack problems, that's better than being reactive and letting the problems attack you. Mm-hmm. It's all about being proactive
0: and taking the initiative, you know. Um, don't let conditions and circumstances drive your decisions. Uh, let your values determine the decisions you make and, you know, act rather than be acted upon. Um, and another example that's not sports-related, but something that I was reading about this week was... Uh, there was there's this uh, I believe he's a psychiatrist. His name's Victor Frankel I think, and uh, he's Jewish and he was alive during the Holocaust, um, living in Europe. And so his his family and him they were put in concentration camps, and all of his family died um, except for him, maybe a sister. I don't remember exactly, but uh, he said that while he was in captivity, um, there was one freedom. That you know the Nazis couldn't deprive him of, and he said that this was how he responded to his circumstances um and a quote from him is, "Between stimulus and response, there is a space, and in that space is our power to choose our response um and so for him, the stimuli that he was being faced with like death and just deprivation of his basic human rights um and so, like, you know, naturally you would think that if you were in a concentration camp living in terrible circumstances, um, and you weren't being fed and you had to work all day and weren't sleeping very much, uh, you would just give up and lose hope. Uh, but he made the decision to respond differently, and he found meaning in his suffering, um, and ultimately this was what allowed him to get through the atrocities of concentration camps and um, survive them.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. The, uh how he says they couldn't take away his freedom to choose. Um, that's very interesting. My whole life, like my parents and like grandparents and people who I look up to have always told me that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Mm. Um, so that kind of ties into what Hunter and uh, Victor Frankl were saying that, you know, you don't have control over what happens to you, but how you respond is entirely in your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, this,
0: so there's a, there's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by this guy named Covey, or Covey. Um, and going back to the quote, you know, it's about 90% of life is how you react or how you respond to things that happen to you. Um, he has this thing that he talks about in his book. Um called the circle like circles of concern and circles of influence, and so in the middle is your circle of influence, and then surrounding that is your circle of concern um and so like circle of concern would include things that you don 't really have control over like the weather or like your locker being killed um but circle of influence is sort of it's like your financial situation, your personal health your intelligence like all of these things you have control over um And you basically dictate how those go. Uh, And it's like, you know, your response um, allows you to grow your circle of influence. Um, And so reactive people, they spend most of their time in their circle of concern, um, just sort of fixating on these things over which they have no control. Um, Whereas more proactive people, they are in their circles of influence because they realize that, their actions um, and their responses to the things that happen to them that 10% of life, um, they have control over those and um, this allows their circle of influence to continually expand, whereas people who are more reactive, um, since they're always in their circle of concern, that gets bigger, thus shrinking their circle of influence.
1: I definitely agree. I think reactive people usually falsely categorize certain things in their life as part of their circle of concern instead of their mm-hmm. circle of influence. One example, like you said, could be financial. Yeah. I know a lot of people when they when they see like millionaires they say, oh they inherited it or oh they got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, when I don't know the statistic but I believe it's over half of today's millionaires are self-made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, some, it's some astonishing percentage that You know, you you wouldn't think. And oftentimes people let their circumstances dictate their thoughts and actions and they become, they become victims of their circumstances Mm -hmm. and they use their circumstances as an excuse to not, um, you know, not go out and change their life. So like if someone's parents were poor, um... But then they go to Harvard and then, you know, they get a good job. But then they, they fail and they go back to rock bottom. They're going to mm-hmm. say, well, my parents were poor, so I, I never had a chance. Yeah, um, it's, like the,
0: it's like the quote from Bill Gates that we, I think we brought up a few weeks ago. about like how if you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, it is your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of how like you can't be a product of your circumstances. You need to be a product of your decisions. Because like you have control over a lot of things in your life. And most people don't understand that or realize that that's the case. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, another thing, though, that kind of ties into that is that oftentimes there are problems that we have no action to be proactive. So it's very important to be able to discern what is in your circle of concern and what is in your circle of influence. Mm-hmm. So, like we just said, people often take things that are in their circle of influence and put it in their circle of concern. Yes. But another problem is people take things that are in their circle of concern and put it in their circle of influence. Mm -hmm. Um, And essentially what that means is that they're worrying about things that are out of their control and that's taking away from them being able to worry about and focus on things that are in their control. Um, Something my godfather told me is that the key to happiness is controlling the things you can control, and I think if you, if people can learn to optimize their circle of concern and their circle of influence, and be able to correctly discern what problems in their life fit into those categories, um, we will become a lot happier, a lot quicker than we probably could think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this leads into um,
0: you know talking about some of the benefits of being reactive, uh, even though most people probably think of being reactive is just totally bad. Um, but in reality it actually has, there are some perks to it. Uh, and like one of them is that if you're reactive, it can save you time and, you know, cause you to worry less. Uh, and so I guess an example, um, that we thought of was, you know, if you're at the airport and you're going on vacation or traveling for business or something, um, your flight might get canceled, which would kind of be, uh, an inconvenience, um, but you can't really, you know, get stuck on this small possibility of your flight getting canceled because you have no control over if it does or not. Um, so you have to sort of accept that, like, you know, that might happen. And if it does, then you need to worry about, like, what to do to control the situation. Um, but a lot of times people, like you said, just worry about these things over which they have zero control. Um, and they just worry about it and they stress and it just causes a whole slew of other problems. Um, when they you know you could just accept that certain things might happen um, and worrying about them is gonna do nothing but cause you stress and just and you know be negative for you it's like it's like um walking around outside with an umbrella up when it's not raining mm-hmm. um, it's just it's pointless
1: yeah um, that's a great point that you bring up um, the benefits of being reactive because it's important to have a very good balance of being proactive and reactive Mm -hmm. because someone who is only proactive is someone who's very, very prepared. Yes. But the second something doesn't go as they planned, Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do and they can't react and they fail. And then if you have someone on the other side of the spectrum, who's only reactive is someone who's just never prepared for anything. Yeah. Um, They're always just trying to respond to things being thrown at them. Exactly. Yeah. And, If you have a balance of both, then you're going to be very prepared, and when things don't go your way, you're going to be able to adapt, Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to adapt is something that, like, I know employers want to see. Oh, definitely. Um, Be flexible. Exactly. Like, being able to adapt is probably one of the strongest qualities someone can have, Um, you know, if you're in the military, and... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, everything goes to hell. Like, the people who can adapt are the ones who are going to survive, and get their team out and, you know, win the battle. So yeah, it's definitely very important to have a balance between being proactive and being reactive. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about
0: you, but this is something that I struggle with, Um, but I have been making uh, progress on improving at it um, recently. But, you know, like, planning ahead and being too forward-thinking, you have these expectations, um, and if they aren't met, you know, you just kind of, like, you're... You're kinda just mad at yourself, mad at the world. Um and really it's just I don't know, I guess I, I haven't enjoyed it when it's happened to me in the past. Like examples, um like sometimes when I'm at home on breaks, um I'll wanna use our Peloton bike or like get on the treadmill, but like my brother might be down there using it. Um but I thought that like at oh like at ten thirty this morning I was gonna work out for an hour and then at like eleven thirty I was gonna have lunch and then at twelve I was gonna shower. Like, being so planned out and, like, you know, proactive about when to do certain things, um, and they don't happen on time, or, mm-hmm. you know, I have to switch things up, it can be an inconvenience, um, and I didn't expect it to happen. So it just it just leaves me there trying to scramble to rearrange things. Um, and I used to, like, I used to always operate this way, but I started to come across, I started to, like, you know experience uh, my expectations not being met more often um, and I would just as a result be more frustrated and I eventually realized this thankfully Um, and so I've you know I've been working on being more flexible recently and I would say it's been going well Um, I think one of my problems is that like every day I try to like figure out what I'm going to do the next day and like Mm -hmm. at what time Um, and like structuring my day like that it's good because it gives me um, an idea of what I need to get done the next day. But, you know, sometimes it can just be really bad if I have, like, all these things that I want to get done for a day. But, like, you know, it takes me longer to do something than I anticipated. Um, and then I'm just left there trying to play catch up.
1: <laughs> and speaking on that frustration, um, the more you try and plan ahead into the future, so, like, the farther you get into the future, the less control you have, the less control you mm-hmm. have over that situation yeah, yeah. and the less um, understanding of the circumstances that will follow that situation you have. Because mm-hmm. if I'm planning 10 years in advance, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know who's going to be president and what laws have been changed. And, you know, if I'm going to be married, if, you know, my parents will still be alive. Like literally in 10 years, your whole life can change completely. Yeah, because like one event... Yeah, -hmm. you could could literally you could be dead. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have nothing's guaranteed in life. Mm -hmm. So when you, it's it's a very very important skill to be able to plan your life, um, and to be able to look ahead in your life for more than just a year. Be able to say this is my five year plan, ten year plan. Um, Mm -hmm. This is where I want to be at this point in my life. That's something that I've noticed. Most of the successful people I know. Mm-hmm. do that and the unsuccessful people usually don't do that yeah so it's definitely a great skill mm-hmm. but to have that skill you also have to realize that things aren't going to go exactly the way you plan yes. them over that course of time mm-hmm. so Use don't it. let that be a source of frustration yes when things don't go perfectly mm-hmm. um when you're planning that far in advance you should be more giving yourself a direction instead like an of outline. an exact Roadmap exactly mm-hmm. like an outline, not not an exact formula. Yeah, not the full paper. Exactly. But, but points yeah. of what to hit on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, no, and always
0: being always allowing room for flexibility because if you're rigid and stuck in your ways about certain things needing to happen, it it's already like it's likely they won't happen, and then you know when when they don't happen, you're just sitting there all mad at yourself and mad at the world. Like, oh, why didn't this happen when? You know, think it's just life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um another benefit to being reactive, um is that you learn how to um handle like you you're quick on your feet, you know, 'cause if you're having to react to things coming in at you really quickly. Um, it teaches you how to handle pressure and problems in real time. Um and I guess it's you know it's good to be able to think on your feet because like if you're giving a presentation in class or to like a prospective business client and they ask you a question that you weren't expecting um, you know, you have to come up with the answer like a decent answer quickly. Um, but then the I guess like a downside to this is that you know when you make snap decisions like this or like you know quick answers mm-hmm. um, it doesn't allow you to think more long term.
1: Definitely. That's, that's a great point that you bring that up. Um, you know, you could be going into an interview and you think of every single question they could ask you about, you know, your accomplishments, blah, blah, blah yeah. this, and, you know, then you go in and they ask you, you know, like, what's your favorite football team? And you're just like, and You're just stunned because you didn't prepare for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you can, you can prepare but you can, never, you can never be prepared for everything because there's yeah, an infinite there's so amount of many. scenarios exactly. that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the
0: benefits to being reactive, there are also, of course, some downsides. Um, and I think probably one of the most obvious ones, at least to me, is that by being reactive, you sort of ignore danger signs and then thus allowing other serious problems to develop. Um, and so like the example of this that I thought of was with your health um, or I guess with business issues. Like, you know, if there's a problem with a manager or like a factory and you're like the person in charge and you don't see this problem with your manager or your factory until it's too late, like that could cost you a lot of money um, or other problems or like with your health. Uh, if, you, if you don't notice that you're starting to gain weight um, until you have... Gained a ton of weight. Uh, that's going to be a problem for you later down the road because, you know, a whole other list of health problems could accompany that, right?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a quote by Samuel Johnson that says the chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they are too strong to be broken, um, mm-hmm. and I think that really emphasizes the one of the downsides of being reactive is that if you're not proactive and you know, trying to make sure you have good habits and stop bad habits before they form. Yeah. Then there, you're not going to realize until the bad habit is too strong that you can't break it. Mm -hmm. It's like with health, if you're drinking soda every day, you're, if you're not proactive and like stopping or at least like cutting back, cutting back, you're going to keep doing it until the point where like you're unhealthy and you know, like have serious health issues. Mm -hmm. And by that time it's too late. Um, so that's a great point you bring up that you know if you're reactive you're going to let things get out of control Mm -hmm. and you know that's going to put important things like your health in your circle of concern Yes. and you don't want that you want your health to be in your circle of influence yeah because it should be for everybody you know Mm -hmm. Um, then the other
0: big uh, downside that I see to being reactive is that you miss opportunities that you otherwise could have taken advantage of if you're just mm-hmm. constantly reacting to information being thrown your way, um, and I think the the thing that I that comes to mind for this is so with freshmen, um, with internships they're incredibly difficult to come across, um, and so it but they are out there so like if you're mm-hmm. if you're just you know I guess for us if we were. If we're just sitting around waiting for the Career Center to send out emails about potential internships for freshmen.
1: To call, call some, you and say, yeah, we want Hunter Bratton for an internship, Yeah, exactly. never going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and you're going to, just sitting there waiting for these things to come in, um, you're going to miss opportunities because there are, you know, if if you go out and seek the internship for the summer as a freshman, um, you might see opportunities that are there that you can take advantage of. And, um, you know, for me over Christmas break, this is kind of what I did because I really wanted to find internships for this this upcoming summer. Um, And I was able to find find some and apply to them um, for freshmen and, um, you know, had a little success there. And that was, you know, that was uh, a benefit to me because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been able to find any opportunities because, you know, I would just been sitting around waiting for them to come to me, and if I had done that, um, you know, everybody else would have would have also been doing it at the same time,
1: and you know, I, I put myself ahead of the pack by being proactive in that matter. Mm-hmm. Another great example of that is, uh, so in high school, playing football, you know, pretty much everyone wants to get recruited and get all these offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people think, well. You know, I'm Division I caliber, the offers will come to me. Um, but the truth is, like, unless you are unless you're the best player in history mm-hmm. on a very good team that's constantly being watched, yeah. you're automatically gonna get noticed. But if you're just on a regular team and you know, you're just you're you're very good You're division one caliber, but you know, nothing makes you like stand out the greatest there's yeah. ever been you're not going to get any looks unless you or like a coach is reaching out to people saying, here's my film, here's, you know, yeah. my GPA, my, my 40 time. Um, if you don't do that, you're never gonna, you're never going to be able to, you know, get those offers and be able to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. So that's just another example of, um, you know, how you have to be proactive. I think the job example is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's just going to knock on your door and say, "Hey, we need an aerospace engineer. you know you have to go out and say, yeah. you know these are my credentials. this is what I can do for you. Do you have a job mm-hmm. um, That's just how it works in the real
0: world yeah, uh, and then you know moving on to some benefits of being proactive uh, is that when you're pro this is sort of the what we touched on um, I guess the flip side of one of the downsides to being reactive is that when you're proactive, it allows you to mitigate challenges before they become problems. So obviously the example that we talked about was um, if you've been putting on some pounds, but you notice this before it becomes a problem, um, you know, because you're being proactive, you're going to see, Oh, Hey, like, you know, if I keep drinking all this soda or eating all this junk food, I'm going to become very overweight or obese or whatever the problem might be. And so you stop um, before it, you know, grows out of hand and um, ends up being detrimental to you. Um, and then another one, and this sort of goes back to the internship example, is that when you're proactive, you have many options available to you, whereas when you're reactive, you have very few, if any, at all. Um, and, you know, because like I was proactive in my and looking for internships for the summer, like I had, I had f- option like multiple options of uh, places like to interview with or to even like you know have potential offers. Um and so I think that that's one thing people sometimes don't
1: think about. Mhm. Some more benefits are taking conscious control of your life. Mm-hmm. If you're proactive, you have the ability to con- maximize the control you have over your life. And one thing that one of the main sources of stress for people is like lack of control that scares them. Um I mean uncertainty is one of people's biggest fears, like not knowing the future. And yeah. when you take control of your life and be proactive, you become to take con- you have you gain the ability to take conscious control of your life yes. so for instance, in high school, one kid who's reactive is you know uncertain, scared of the future, doesn't know what he's going to do with his life mm-hmm. um, The other kid is proactive and he says, "I don't know what I want to do with my life but I know I want to get a good job, so I'm going to get all A's in high school, Yeah. and um, that's going to get me into a good college, I can decide on you know, what I want to study from there, then I'm going to have a great degree, and I'll be able to go do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oftentimes, people think they can't be proactive because they can't figure out everything all the way to the end, but a lot of times, when you're proactive, sometimes you just need to take control of that first step. Yes. And let the rest, you know, take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, one example I've heard is that when you take the first step on a staircase, you don't you can't see the top of the staircase. Mm. But like you know that it's going to lead up to the top. Yes. You don't know like really what pathway it's going to take, but you know it's going to get you yeah. where you want to go. So a lot of times, just taking that first step, even if you're uncertain of the rest of the pathway. Is very important and then another benefit is it gives you the imagination and creativity to explore possible al- alternatives to problems um, and you know without imagination and creativity you're not gonna be able to think outside of the box um, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna be able to be any different from anyone else if you can't imagine yeah. and create and you know find new solutions to things yeah um, going back to the first one that you
0: mentioned, you know, like when you're proactive, it makes the path forward more identifiable mm-hmm. um, and kind of clearer, I guess, uh, and it can save you time because, you know, if you're proactive, like you said, you're sort of forward-thinking and you're a good planner, I would uh, hope or imagine, and when you're planning for what could possibly come, um, you know, like you said, like, oh, I want to get a good job, um, so I should get A, say, planning for that. Um, it better prepares you for anything that might arise along the way and can thus result in less stress or anxiety as you work towards whatever that goal
1: is, you know, the good job or good school. Mm-hmm. Um, just one more benefit that I think it's very important to note is that you can learn solutions before they are problems. Um, hmm. So one example of this is uh, last summer, I tried to start like an online store to make some money and I had watched a bunch of videos on how to do it, but I still, there were some, there, there were some things that I didn't know what I was going to do about. Um, so I just decided I'd take the first step and, you know, go with the flow, figure out problems as they come. Yeah, exactly. Um, and part of the reason I was able to do that was because before I started, I wanted to know as much as I could, so I would think into the future and be proactive and figure out problems that would come at me so I can come up with solutions before they occur yeah um, so like what if someone wants to return something they bought like yeah. what if um, it's shipping to another country mm-hmm. um, when you when you're proactive you you solve problems before they occur yes um which you know everyone wants to be happier well, what's one way to be happier have less problems in your life mm-hmm. well how do you have less problems in your life if you're proactive you solve the problems before they occur yes um so it's great to be proactive because it limits it limits the amount of issues you have in your life because you're eliminating them before they even have the chance to occur hmm
0: yeah and so um the uh, going off this idea of proactivity and reactivity, um our I guess challenge or activity for this week is and we're we're both working on this as well, is um so getting like a piece of paper out and drawing one circle and then another circle around that. And so the interior circle is your circle of influence and then the exterior one um is your circle of concern. And we you know just the idea of doing this is write things that you think are in your circle of influence and then write those things that you think are in your circle of concern and come up with ideas or plans or goals to um, of how you can shrink your circle of concern and expand your circle of influence um, by becoming more preact or, sorry more proactive and less reactive um, so with that, we just wanted to, you know, as always, thank you for listening to our show and this episode. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it and um, there was something that you were able to learn from it because we certainly, as always, we certainly were able to uh, learn something from doing research this week. Uh, hopefully we catch you next week. Um, and until then, just remember to cut the BS every day.